You're listening to Mission Lab. Mission Lab. From our living new man, Ben Here's our parents, Sean and Camille Brace. Hey everyone, welcome to Mission Lab. This is episode 64, There's More to Jesus. I am, of course, your fearless host, Sean Brace. This is going to be another one of those episodes without my dear wife, Camille. Uh, we've just been really busy. I know we're saying that a lot, but we're especially busy lately as we have been... You know, you know I'm just going to say we're always busy, but um, <clears throat> lately... We have been working on this restart uh, for our church, which you no doubt recall us talking about in episode, what, 61, I believe. Um, We will be relaunching our church on September 15, so that's actually just six days away from when I'm recording this right now. Um, So Camille has been really busy working on uh, preparing for the children's programming, which we're really excited about. And uh, today we did a little painting. We, uh, yeah, so so that's coming up. So she's been working on that. Uh, hopefully we'll get her back on the show sometime again soon. Um, but thanks for sticking with us as we have been inconsistent with our podcast lately. Uh, but uh, I hope we're not losing too many of our loyal listeners. But anyway, it's September in Maine. September 9, again, is when I'm recording this. My mother's birthday. Happy birthday to my mother. Uh, And uh, yeah, for the first time, let's see, Friday, uh, today's Sunday, Friday, weather turned cooler. Today was definitely a fall day. Felt like a fall day. So now we'll begin the portion of the year where you always hear us complaining about the cold, or at least Camille. No, just kidding. Uh, We love fall. Fall is probably my favorite time of year. And uh, if you've never had the privilege of being in Maine for fall, you're missing out anywhere in New England. Um, But yeah, it's it's a beautiful time of year. And so we're just enjoying enjoying getting into the, the routine of fall, which... A lot of times, and this could perhaps be a whole episode itself, a lot of times um, there are seasons throughout your life and throughout the year when it's, um, you know, there's just a rhythm. And basically you can't get really much of anything accomplished in Maine in the summer. People just disappear. Uh, When you have like three months of summer, you try to... packing as much as you can. And as a result, it's just really hard to get people doing anything. Um, Some churches literally just like almost shut down. My friend uh, Ben here who who attends a congregational church, he was saying that their church basically almost entirely shuts down in the summer just because they know everyone's going to be on the coast. People are going to be at the lake, at their camp. Uh, at the beach, you just try to pack it all in. So you just, you learn to live with it and uh, you do the best you can and you live to realize, as it is with a lot of places, but 
um, here in Maine, uh, you just realize that basically September to May-ish is when people are going to get in their routine, June, July, August. You just kind of forget about it. But anyway, we're back in the saddle, and I want to talk about an important topic that I've been thinking about lately. And before I get to it, I want to let you know that at the end of this episode, there is going to be a special prize offered. That's right, friends. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, a special prize offered. And um, so I want you to listen till the end, and uh, then you can hear that special offer that will be... That will be uh, your uh, will be opportunity for you to win the prize. So anyway, we'll get to that at the end, but I want to uh, let you know, give you a heads up. But anyway, we're talking about there's more to Jesus today. So <clears throat> believe it or not, our coughs are basically behind us, but I still am needing to clear my throat a little bit. But uh, yeah, so this episode may betray some of my conservatism a little bit. And by that I mean uh, it will reveal that I am still a dyed-in-the-wool Seventh-day Adventist theologically. And the reason I thought it would be good to visit this topic is, well, for a number of reasons. It kind of uh, piggyback piggybacks on... I think it was episode, what, 62, where we were talking about a church that just talks about love but doesn't talk about discipleship is really just perpetuating the problem because if we're just talking about love, 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 but we're not helping people grow up into Christ-likeness, we're just going to continue to engage in behavior that is unloving. By that I mean... Again, if, if, if church is just about, and mission is just about, quote-unquote, loving people, um, yes, that has the capacity to bring healing, but if we're not also showing people a better way, and if we are not connecting them to the full and robust good news that is in Jesus Christ, and we're not discipling them, then we're just kind of leaving them potentially where they are. In fact, I think of a parable Jesus said where if you, uh, there was, you know, if you cast out a demon from a dude, but you never kind of replace it with something good, uh, what will happen is like all these demons will come back and the guy will be in a worse state than at the beginning. So we don't want that. We want to bring the gospel in all of its beauty and power. So, as Jeff Vanderstelt says, the gospel is not simply about your afterlife. It's about your present life. So uh, heaven, we want it to begin here and now. We want eternity to begin now, people to experience all the fullness of, of uh, the gospel and all the fullness of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. So together with that, I want to make sure that we understand that we, when we share the gospel, it is not simply this hollow, shallow, sentimental type of 
message that we're giving. I think that one of the dangers that we could run into, particularly as Seventh-day Adventists, is that we can neglect or forget, or maybe we never really even knew the the richness and the fullness and the robustness of our message. I had a, a few people reach out to me recently in uh, response to something I put on Facebook, I think it was, and it was sort of like, okay, this all this love and acceptance stuff is nice, but are you still going to be sharing, talking about our... our um, our restarted church, which, by the way, we released a promo video, and uh, it's it's had nearly four thousand views on Facebook. You can find it on our website, our church website, BangorSDA.org, BangorSDA.org. So it presents a very, very, uh, I what I think is a compelling picture of of a, an inclusive community um, fellowship relational type of church, but it left some people thinking to themselves, okay, but what about the meat? What about like the substance of of uh, our Adventist teaching? And like, is is it relevant anymore that we're Seventh-day Adventists? Or are you just saying, oh, all that is it about love and that sort of thing? Um, this kind of goes back, it reminds me now, of a previous episode we've done called All You Need Is Love. And uh, question mark. And I thought we would kind of, kind of just do a refresher because that was some like fifty episodes ago, fifty plus maybe. Uh, so just kind of circling back around because I think what can happen sometimes is I, in particular, may leave the impression that it doesn't really matter these specific doctrines or beliefs. And uh, I think what can happen, especially within, again, I I say this uh, within our own denominational context, is sometimes we bury the beautiful message. Sometimes we bury the powerful picture of God that Adventist theology has been blessed to capture. Um, I think what happens is sometimes, a lot of times, there are these churches that are started or restarted, although um, I don't hear very many churches that are restarted. I was just talking to a, a dear brother in uh, Bagel Central the other day who's who's a Christian, not a Seventh-day Adventist. I was telling him about this idea of restarting our church, and he says, wow, that sounds like a crazy idea. Have you ever heard anyone else doing that? Uh, so anyway, what happens, though, is that Again, we become the hip, the trendy, the uh, loving, friendly church, but we there's not a lot of substance to what we're proclaiming. Um, and I just want to unequivocally not only declare, but remind you that we have a very, very powerful and beautiful message when properly understood and presented. And that's one of the reasons why I am so passionate about, and sometimes maybe I explain it in extreme points of view, but that's one of the reasons why I am so passionate about us clearing away all of the clutter, all of the the rubble 
that our beautiful message has been buried underneath. And that's why we take uh, umbrage and we are concerned about some of our cultural traditions, our rituals, our rules that are not based on scripture, but based on, again, traditions or extra-biblical sources or whatever, is because we bury this really, really, really beautiful message of God's boundless love that um, just doesn't get seen because we're burying it under all these other things. I think there's probably a lot of people within our own denomination who have themselves not really understood that beautiful message. And so what happens is we have a choice. Either we can share our doctrines, quote unquote, in a very legalistic sort of detached, I you know, detached teachings, or we can just throw them away because we don't understand how they all connect and how they're a part of this robust, beautiful, powerful narrative that paints this awesome picture of who God is. So I just want to encourage us to, um, if we haven't ever encountered the fullness and the beauty of Jesus through our doctrines, that we somehow figure out how to understand them in that light. Um, Again, maybe you're sitting, listening to this either in your car or you're on a run or you're sitting in your living room and you're thinking to yourself, what, yourself, what is he talking about? I, I don't have any uh, appreciation for our doctrines. Doctrine is a bad word. Let's just preach Jesus. And if that's your case, if that's the case with you, I want to apologize because I think we have not done a great job of presenting our teachings in a Christ-centered manner, and uh, we have again, we've 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 kind of buried it under a bunch of trash and rubble and garbage, and and so um, yeah, I, I would just say sorry, like we've not done a good job of that. But I think if properly understood, our teachings are our Seventh Day Adventist theology and. And by that, I mean, yes, literally, our 28, quote-unquote, 28 fundamental beliefs are the most beautiful picture of God that I have encountered. Now, is it perfect? Absolutely not. Is there still more that we have to discover and understand and exposit? Absolutely. There's We're, we're going to be learning about who God is throughout eternity. And I say this with the most utmost humility that I think, you know, God has really blessed us with this beautiful picture of who he is. So I just want to encourage people when we talk about being missional, when we talk about sharing the gospel, when we talk about being an inclusive community, when we talk about being a community that promotes recovery and creativity, at least the values that we are are aiming for in our church, when we talk about those things, that is not distinct from this message that we have been given. And um, and it's not just this, this vague, hollow, shallow presentation 
of of the good news. Now, again, it's it's it it is about love and it's about acceptance and it's about grace and mercy. But there's depth to that grace. There's depth to that mercy. As my dad likes to say, nobody should be able to teach the cross like a Seventh-day Adventist. Not a Baptist, all due respect to Baptists. Not a Baptist, not a Presbyterian. Again, this is not to be arrogant or you know, boasting of our own understanding. But I'll just give you this as, an, as a quick example the i the fact that we understand from scripture what we do about something the book of revelation calls the second death meaning that death is eternal separation from god and eternal non-consciousness vis-a-vis god the fact that um we understand that 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 hell is not this eternal torment helps us understand that when Jesus went to the cross, the agony and the suffering he experienced was not chiefly physical pain. It was emotional pain. He was dealing with the second death. He was experiencing the second death there in Gethsemane and on the cross. What he was, what he was facing was complete and utter and eternal separation from his father. And that's what crushed him. That's the weight he felt on his shoulders. That's the agony that he experienced. He wasn't sad because um, he was going to, he was going to be whipped and beaten. And, and, you know, he, he hardly even felt that type of physical pain. In fact, he says, (coughs) excuse me, he says in Matthew, before there is even a physical hand laid on him, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. So his physical pain was eclipsed by this emotional, psychological, intellectual pain. And what he was experiencing there was, again, the second death, eternal separation from his father. He did not feel like he would be raised again. He did not feel like he would ever see his father again. Now, by faith, he laid hold of that uh, idea, but emotionally, psychologically, he felt like this was literally the end of the line for him. And so uh, one author has suggested that he could not see through the portals of the tomb. Hope did not present itself, him coming forth a conqueror from the grave. So like, this was it for him. He he literally felt as though he was experiencing eternal separation. In his mind, it was eternal. And so, again, that's just one example about of how we have been fortunate to un- have a deeper, fuller understanding of, of the gospel. And again, I don't say this with anything other than humility. Um we, we are no better than anybody else. We don't have any, uh, you know, special status with God because of this. Matter of fact, Jesus says, to whom much is given, much will be required. So this kind of puts us behind the eight ball all the more. But uh, yeah, our, our understanding gives us a fuller, more robust, beautiful picture of God. We understand that all of Christian 
Avenist biblical theology is encapsulated in the three words, God is love. And everything flows from that. Of course, there's stuff, stuff like the Sabbath is another example. This beautiful, beautiful, beautiful message of God's love through a day that God gives us each week a time to recuperate and to and to relax and to recreate and to um, experience um, rest and allows us to uh, exhale. I was just talking with a friend of mine this last week, and he was explaining to me, you know, I think I want to finally do the Sabbath thing. Um, somebody that <coughs> I've been spending time with here in Bangor, and of course, I've been coughing a few times here lately, <coughs> saying that our coughs are behind us. But anyway, uh, he was just saying, man, that just sounds so awesome. And I was explaining how we we experience the Sabbath and how um, a lot of times we'll have this um, we'll have this family meal, if you will, like like Sabbath afternoon lunch is like a huge deal, as as some of you might know if you are uh, a Seventh Day Adventist and. He 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 heard that and he thought to himself, "Oh man, that just he comes from a a, a background sort of like a, an ethnicity where they're they're big on family meals." And he's like, "Man, that sounds really cool. Just have like a big old family meal every Saturday afternoon." And so uh, anyway, like this beautiful this beautiful idea of a weekly pause, a weekly chance to exhale, this a weekly gift from God to rest in his grace, rest in his, our identity in him is just a beautiful teaching that a lot of people don't have access to. Now we present these things a lot of times in a very, um, legalistic way, like Sabbath is a day that you can't do this or you can't do that. Or, you know, I'm going to prove to you that hell is not something that exists forever and I'm going to go through the Bible text, and I'm going to try to beat beat you over the head with it. So we can present them in a very unChrist-like way, and and not within the framework of love, but properly understood in light of the gospel. Our teachings are really beautiful and powerful. So that's basically my big message for you in this episode. Uh, it's just a very simple message, and that is we do have a beautiful, awesome, unique. Uh, message to share with the world. And again, by that, I'm not saying go out and do a, you know, five-week revelation seminar. It might mean that, but when we are discipling people, when we are spending time in scripture, when we are in our missional communities and studying the Bible together, when we are, yes, even teaching from up front in a corporate worship setting, like, we have this beautiful, rich, awesome, robust message that we can't apologize for and we must not bury and forget and put on a shelf. Um, that's that's something that we can share. And so like as we think about restarting our um, our church and I'm thinking about the things that I'm going to be teaching on, I'm not planning to do these like five ways to have a better marriage. Um you know, 10 ways to get along with your coworker or, you know, these little like almost self-help type of ideas. I'm going to, I'm going to, by God's grace, uh, share on the beautiful, awesome uh, understanding we have of God's character, which brings healing, which brings 
growth, which brings discipleship, which brings, by God's grace, people into an experience of other-centered love. And that's really, if I if I could could just add this little piece here at the end, that's really what I think distinguishes our message a lot from other people's as well, is that salvation is often, the gospel is often presented in a very self-centered way. Hey, here's the good news. If you want to be saved, you say this prayer, you, you, you know, say this expression. If you don't want to go to the hot place, same thing. And what we do is we're, we're setting people up for a very self-centered faith that can't really produce a deep discipleship because we're not presenting the gospel in a other-centered way. We're not explaining that there are these two basic uh, ways of operating, and that is giving or taking. And uh, God is a God who gives. Human beings are creatures that take. And what God is trying to do through the gospel is to develop us and to grow us into people who are givers and not takers. So anyway, uh, probably what you could do is you, when when it comes time, um, we'll be posting my sermons on our website. So that'll be forthcoming and I can point you in that direction. Um, but anyway, that's just a little sneak peek of uh, like some of the things I've been thinking about. And what I want to do now is to offer a special prize. And uh, I, I'm doing that because I want to sh- give, if some of you are listening and thinking, well, how can I other understand Adventism in a Christ-centered way? The theology, the teachings, how can I do that? And I just so happen to have written a book on this called There's More to Jesus, title of this episode. What I try to do in that book is explain basically Adventist theology through the lens of Jesus. And um, as we talk about Jesus, as we talk about the gospel, we have to realize that there's substance to it. And so that's that's what I attempt to do in this book. Um, it was published back in, I don't know, 2015 or so. So I'd like to offer you, listener, a chance to win this book. And this is how we're going to do it. So what I want you to do is to go on your social media uh, account, whichever one you frequent the most, or maybe all of them. And what I'd like you to do is I would like you to um, post a link to this specific episode on your Facebook page or on your Twitter feed or on Instagram or whatever your social media uh, platform of choice is, <clears throat> and I would like you to post a link to this episode, then what I'd like you to do is take a screenshot of you posting it. I need to see that you actually posted it and send it to me. And the first person who gets me a picture of them posting uh this episode on their social media, I will send you a free copy of this book. Okay. Does that make sense? Send it to seanbrace at gmail.com. Again, post a link to this episode, episode 64 to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or all three or whatever one you want. And then take a screenshot of it, 
send me a picture of that screenshot, seanbrace at gmail.com. And the first person I receive verification from, I will send you a free copy of the book. Now, uh, if you don't know how to post a, a, a link to this, because maybe you're listening on uh, Apple Podcast app, and it's hard to figure out how to, how to post a link to Facebook from that app. Um, one thing you can do is you can go to where our episodes are listed chiefly, firstly, that then get pushed to the podcast apps, and that is missionlab.podbean.com, missionlab.podbean.com, and you can uh, copy a link from there and then post it on your social media account. Okay? Does this make sense? So first person gets it to me, send you a book, a little fine print. If you've already won a book from us, Sarah, haha, uh, you are not eligible, but please do still share the link. All right. Um, so that's it. Hopefully we'll be back with you again next week. Camille will be back up and running with me. We will have perhaps a report about our first uh, launched Sabbath this uh, Saturday. So tune in next week. Thanks for listening, guys, and have a great week. Thank you for listening to Mission Lab. Our theme song is Portland Hike by Tiny Music. Additional editing by Chris Ogay. Follow us on Twitter at MLabPodcast. Podcast.